0: Oh, gags. This is. I gotta survive. Well, this one, the audience hates. They hate. But I think by the end of it, they respect.
1: Comedians talk about vulnerability with your host, Deanna Kobe. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Comedians Exposed. Today's guest is our first guest to have graced the cover of the New Yorker magazine. He's well-known in the New York and California comedy circuits. He's the producer of milk crate comedy. He's releasing a book of poetry illustrated by Anthony Bartolacci. His lovable demeanor allows him to push the boundaries of benign violations with edgy punches that will quickly become catchphrases in your daily vernacular. But don't be fooled by his charming self-deprecation. This comedian will set the stage ablaze by joking about things people don't always joke about. And when this comedian's around, you're bound to have a good time. Please enjoy today's episode with everyone's sweetheart, Scott Holt.
0: (laughs) You really leaned into that at the end when you were done talking. You want me... You want me to say good job? Is that- no,
1: excuse me? I would like to welcome you. I was trying to welcome you to the podcast. Okay. It's like okay, welcome you, you, welcome you into my home.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It was a very sweet intro very nice. Thank you.
1: Do you want me to uh do you want me to wash it down a little bit? Just uh, I'll have a second one, you know. Okay, we're here with Scott. He's a real piece of shit. Let's get right into it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, that, that one, everyone else listening will be like, oh, okay, yeah. I don't think so.
1: <laughs> All right, Scott, I want to get right into it. I want to know, let's start off with the paddleboard, man. What was going on in your brain when you did that? For you guys that are listening, Scott is no more. Well, you know what, Scott, I'm just going to have you tell a story because you are hilarious. And I want to know, what the fuck were you thinking?
0: Uh, I wasn't, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, I. I One day I decided to get on a paddleboard and put on a business suit and a briefcase and have a coffee and a newspaper and paddle across the Hudson during morning rush hour next to the ferries and (laughs) between all the boats going. Um, And I thought it was a great idea until I was out there. Sure, so I had all these like gags planned where I'd like pretend to get phone calls and be yelling like I'm a businessman and then I was gonna have to go through my briefcase and have papers go everywhere and rile them up in the water and have people like laughing on the ferries as they go by. And then I got out there and I was like, There's no gags. This is I gotta survive. <laughs> it was way harder than i anticipated. Uh, and sort of, the worst part was I got I was like, it was exhausting. Like I was huffing and puffing. Like it was a lot, and I, I was so committed to the bit that the, all I was just so thirsty, and all I had to drink was hot coffee. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I really I thought I was just trying to like brighten some people's day on the ferry. I thought it would make like their terrible commute every morning to go their terrible jobs. I thought it would just be like silly and have people have a laugh on the ferry as they went to work, you know.
1: Weren't you on I think Channel Five and you did interviews?
0: Yeah, I did I did like Good Morning America and, and the, Good Morning America I was like a video conference day remember? and Good Day New York I was actually like there at the on the panel. That was pretty funny. That was yeah, I don't know. It, it was it was fun. I, I that was the silliest that I would be getting like calls or videos from friends, like hearing me on like AM or FM radios, and then, like them showing me like on the TVs in the back of the taxi cabs and like the TVs at gas stations. I don't know. It was the silliest part.
1: It really did, I think, brighten people's day. Though, uh, did you have you didn't have like a life jacket or anything on, right?
0: No, I didn't even. I didn't even leash the board to my ankle. Normally, oh. you almost like leash yourself to the board. If mm. in like, most, I didn't. Do that at all, and if I would have fell, and that board would have skated like the current was strong enough, it would have got separated from me pretty quickly, and I would have just been like a head bobbing to one of those like shipping container shoot boats going by. They wouldn't have seen. So yeah, I didn't do it good. You're supposed to have a life jacket and a whistle. I learned from later on. but yeah, yeah.
1: the police. You said I think we're the police waiting for you on the other side.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a cop. There's two cops and a New York waterway employee and the New York waterway employee. Oh man. He, he had a, he had a mouth as big as his heart. He, he was like cursing me out and calling me an idiot. <laughs> he, he was like, are you trying to die today? I was like, no, I'm just trying to make my meeting. But he, <laughs> he was like, like calling me just the, every name in the book, but then also helping me like carry the board. Like he was helpful, but, Rude. (laughs) (laughs) The cops were like, you know we can arrest you. We don't know what's in that bag.
1: So do you think of yourself as a bit of a
0: daredevil? I guess. I don't know. It, it, it's I like doing things that, that push my heart rate up I guess. It's fun.
1: Is comedy just getting on stage? does that push your heart rate up?
0: Uh, it used to at, at times it's I'm sure certain certain examples yeah certain times What kind of times Yeah I don't know if it's like a, like a bigger show that I really want to do well at or or if there's like a bigger name comic there watching you know just kind of put more pressure on myself. yeah try to try to just i don't know but yeah i might be a little bit more nervous in those scenarios my heart would go a little better
1: when did you first realize that you could make people laugh
0: i don't know that i have an answer for that but i know that just at any family party like both my mom's side and my dad's side there's just a lot of joking around going on all the time and like my mom is one of seven children and my dad is one of seven children and so my mom is the oldest and my dad is the second youngest. So my aunts and uncles range pretty far. And yeah, just watching like any one of my uncles or aunts or my father hold court and seeing that. We're just big in our family. So like even my cousins, you know, everyone's kind of got it where it's, you're just looking, but it's such big a family to get that attention. You kind of have to be, you know, going hard and over the top so that's where my, my my sense of humor i think comes from a lot of different places but one of the big ones is my aunt, my aunt maureen who's she's my dad's youngest sister and she it's just so over the top and she'll just say anything to get a laugh and it'll be just horrible things in front of the wrong people and then to me and to her and to many other people in our family. It's hilarious, but there's also people in the family who hate it. So. <laughs> okay. that that I think is kinda where I sit. Like I don't mind people hating me. <laughs> making making certain people laugh really hard. Yeah. That's
1: fun for me. I think you could describe the person that would be like that, that person that you want to make laugh. Like what are the jokes that they're laughing at?
0: The person who I want to make laugh every time is the person who hates me. Like the person who is front row, not laughing at anybody, arms crossed. If I can get them to begrudgingly laugh, like still hate me and laugh, there's nothing better in this world.
1: (laughs) So you're bridging the gap then. Because I think that's the, if someone hates you and then they laugh at you, that's like the first step in a a direction. So you're really like quite diplomatic with your comedy, Scott Holt. I never realized that.
0: There's a a reason I own, I just, I say poop. and, And penis all the time. It's just, it's universal do you want to be loved by the audience no and i there's something in me too that like i don't i don't take compliments well i really there's something wrong with me where i i just like get by it i don't know what or why it it is but i i i don't know i think it's more of respect i would look love like if people like if they even if they don't like me or don't like my material i I don't want anyone to be like yeah but he doesn't have jokes
1: go back to his uh compliments you don't like to be complimented when you do really well how do you handle the compliment
0: i just brush them off i I go i I, I usually try to just shut it down like if someone's like hey Scott, i go yep 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 and i just keep walking (laughs) i don't know it's weird
1: where
0: I wonder where that's coming from? Oh, you're you, look at you cooking, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought this whole time I was, gonna, I was gonna be like, I don't know, I'm not vulnerable. How? What, who do you want maybe save this backlog to be and put it later? So yeah, but yeah, I guess I could get right now. I, I don't know. Is that how it
1: is in life for you? Like, say, for example, at your workplace, say you worked, say, as a mail carrier, and someone was like, hey, you really did a great job delivering that mail. Would that give you the same kind of uncomfortableness as someone giving yes. you a compliment in comedy?
0: Yeah, I don't like compliments in general. It doesn't matter.
1: So what about when people are openly rude to you?
0: enjoy seeing... Rudeness. I have this thought. I've I have yet to do it. but I have this thought all the time. Just like if you're at a park and there's a group of people and like you're both sharing the space just for a moment, and there's just usually the friendly like, "Hey, how you doing?" Hey, you know, just uh, passing by. Hey, hey, and just people pass by and say hello. Every single time it happens, I want to just be like, hey, "Fuck you." <laughs> just to see. Like hopefully they'd know I was joking, but you know, fuck you in a smile it goes over okay usually. Yes, but, um, I,
1: I think that too. I wanted to talk about that because I do think because you know if you guys um seen Scott, Scott does have a you have a very good smile. I apologize for giving you a compliment if that's a compliment, Scott. <laughs> you piece of shit. Okay, let's a little
0: uncomfortable. Talk. Now I'm back to the uncomfortable Thanks. Uh,
1: <laughs> but no, I'm saying because you do have a smile and you say jokes that are, people wouldn't joke about. A lot of things that people leave alone, you go right on into. When I notice you do it with a smile on your face. So is that intentional?
0: The smile I had to, I had to, you know, trial and error, error learn. I had to learn that. Because I would do it and hold my face. Face of whatever I was, the mood I was in, in the joke, man, usually or whatever. But I've learned that you can win people over just by you know cracking a smile and just kind of like the smile is almost like a wink to them. Like I know I'm being terrible right now, but it's fun, you know.
1: What do you think? Some of the most terrible stuff you joke about is
0: um, I mean. Uh, rape, I guess, and <laughs> I don't know. They're like, <laughs> is that what you mean? <laughs> do you mean? Do you mean, do you mean rape? Yeah. I don't know what I mean. Like, my like racist. What I uh, name? I'm horrible up there. It's horrible. But I like to think I'm a good guy off stage and like as I joke around a lot and I'll be rude but I'm like I'm a gentleman I like to think like actions speak louder than words so like I'm nice but my words are horrible just because whatever but it's my it's my act it's an act.
1: Like when you first were doing it were you you know doing these really you know edgy jokes smiling or do you feel like you had to work up to this
0: I mean like unfortunately I think I'm a pretty smiley person just in general I do. It's, it's been there but I've learned to use it better on stage and yeah no I've just I've learned to craft better jokes to be more able to get yeah, to say terrible things as long as I trust there's a good punchline after or the audience can trust you know or can have fun with the punchline jokes are there aren't much jokes as of recently I've been more... Since I've had the baby, I have more like baby jokes, so that kinda lets people in a little bit more. But I used to not be I used to not be that way at all. All my jokes were just it was just joke and joke and non sequitur joke, joke. But all my favorite comics were like, my you know, favorite comics are like Gilbert Godfrey, Norm McDonald, Amy <laughs> Kaufman, Don Rickles, David Tell, Steve Martin. These guys they don't you don't know their family, you don't know where they came from. You don't know anything about them. They just have jokes. It's just jokes to those guys. So there's no, for them, how much vulnerability for them is uh, probably not much. That's where I think I got that from, where I just, it's just gotta be jokes, you know?
1: So do you like joke about things that are really uh, personal experience? Because you did mention that you t- now that you have a baby, you do talk about and make jokes about the baby. So does that initially, like how was that when introducing that topic into your act? Did that make, was there a level of vulnerability to that or it was just kind of like, no, this is like new material to talk about?
0: Yeah. My, my first setback after having the baby was completely vulnerable it was totally i was just it was probably the first time i used comedy like that where it was just events like you know some people use that instead of go to therapy or whatever that was the first time i i did that it was just a release and i was just complaining and just letting it all out there for 10 minutes and then yeah it felt good it went over okay and then i built from there i like all right this one was working this one wasn't joke 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 happen to make this one funnier and then the same thing happened when my grandma died my grandma died just a little bit after my baby was born and then i went on to that and that was the same thing i was using it as as therapy instead of instead of comedy but it was working and then I found the jokes there and then I maneuvered those but those two were big steps in me being more of on-over overall stage
1: but do you feel like too like audiences kind of crave that like those experiences especially when you are kind of like you said venting because especially today I feel like you know people feel somewhat isolated so it's I think really comforting and cathartic for the audience to hear Someone willing to share, like this is what's frustrating about my life, or this is what I'm, you know, struggling with.
0: Yeah, I now know that I could probably do well in in front of a group of moms. (laughs) So it's just like knowing your audience. Like, I don't think that you know if I'm in front of a bunch of college kids, I'm gonna do my. I hate parenting bits, so it just depends. Do
1: you feel supported doing comedy?
0: I think the New Jersey comedy scene is pretty supportive. I think there it's not a bad scene. I think there's a lot of comics. I think there's a lot of good comics, and I think there's a lot of people that support each other, and there's a little bit of a, a community feel to it. New York has that in pockets, but you know it's a little bit more cutthroat and uh, and clicky and whatever. But it's 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 there. It's not as L.A. was pretty bad. Horror, I didn't like L.A. seeing much. They didn't like me.
1: <laughs> uh, Is it, L- why don't you think they liked you?
0: L.A. was very very much. Uh, like performance based and material was second fiddle so i was doing you know horrible jokes but if you're looking at them like jokes they're and they're jokes but they uh, they didn't they they were (laughs) they didn't like those Uh, maybe my subject matter or, yeah, it was just more, it was more performance than content.
1: Do you feel that the climate that we're living in has changed what topics you're willing to joke about?
0: No, because I feel like comedy is in its own lane. I think there's people like cancel culture and all that kind of stuff. And for the most part, it's, it's hitting people who are terrible outside of their act there was might've been a small percentage of people that hit in their act and, and what was said in their act and things have popped up and some rightfully so like Michael Richards horrible. Right. But then there's the, you know, there's other people that had just jokes and I think people kind of learned over time that like, okay, we're not going to just take a blogger's word on it. Someone just says this is horrible. Don't vote, you know, and we're slowly you know, swinging back the other way, I think, from the whole PC culture. But I always have stood by, if you can explain your joke, then you shouldn't have any worry saying it or care. if People don't like, if someone takes just a word of my joke or just a part of my joke and they take it out of context and they say, and I got put on blast for this part of my joke, if they could come to me and be like, look, I say that joke because of this and it's, that's a part of the joke and it goes bang, bang, bang. And then I get to here. And that is me being ironic to point out how terrible that or, you know, whatever it is, as long as you can explain how it's a joke and where you're coming from, you should, you should be allowed to say it.
1: Will you apologize for a joke?
0: Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's jokes I have that I don't say anymore if something got out of me saying them and I don't stand by them now. I'm sure. But there's been times like in the beginning when I was in LA, when I was first doing it, and I would just go up there blank and I would just make fun of the audience. I would say horrible things to them. And even if it got a room full of people laughing, sometimes the person I was making fun of didn't laugh or sometimes they were laughing, but I don't know how real that laugh was or if it was just uncomfortable for them. So I would go up to them after the show and be like, hey, I'm sorry, I was just joking around. Hopefully I didn't offend you. And most of the time that would go over great because, yeah, they didn't. They, at that point they saw I was just like genuinely like just joking and I didn't mean anything by it, it was, and then they feel better at the end of the day. But So I've apologized for that to people like, uh, you, I, I could see, I don't know, I don't, it wouldn't take me apologizing off the table. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I say sorry all the time.
1: <laughs> Why do you think it's so important that we joke?
0: I think it's it's in all of us, right? It's a, everyone has their own sense of humor for a reason. It's it's this world can get pretty bleak, and there needs to be light shed on it to feel okay living. It's not it's not an accident that we all have senses of humor. It's not an accident that everyone loves to laugh, and it feels good. And there are sayings that say laughter is the best medicine. It's, it's everyone knows it. It's 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 good for your soul to to have a good laugh with friends.
1: I wanted to talk with you because I think one of the most fun times I've ever had doing comedy was Milk Crate Comedy, and for me, it was also one of the left me feeling really, really vulnerable and terrified. I wanted to talk with you about Milk Crate and just how you came up with it and why you wanted to do it. And how did you feel? Like, was it scary for you? Cause like I said, the first time I did it, I thought I was going to poo myself. It was terrifying.
0: You were one of my favorite acts on Milk Crate ever. Oh. <laughs> you, you, you understood what it was more than most anybody that got up there. <laughs> It was, it was just entertaining a crowd for the sake of entertaining a crowd, and you brought up tarot cards. <laughs> you, you had this other, some other thing you did, uh, like pulling things out of your bag for a- <laughs> just, just. But the, but it wasn't because of like your, how much fun you were having with it. And all those ridiculous choices you made to, to you. If I'm remembering correctly that day, you wrangled the most crowd. You were, you had the most cameras on you. you had the most people sitting around watching because you understood that if I stand up here, I have to be entertaining the whole time. And, and now, so there was, there was, There was a couple of reasons why I wanted to do Milk Ray Comedy. Originally, it started because I wanted to do, I wanted to run a show, but I did not want to deal with a business owner or another person. I wanted it to be my thing that I could run how I wanted, when I wanted. I just wanted to have full control and not have anyone telling me what to do, which then I eventually had a show at a place or me and the guy were just constantly butting heads. And I <laughs> I fucking stubborn or I don't know. But, so that was one reason I, I wanted to be in control and not have to deal with a, a, a person above. And that, I mean, that's one of the lores of comedy, right? It's like being your own boss. I mean, you have to deal with producers and club owners, but um, Yeah, it's always had a hard time with authority, I guess. But the other reason what I wanted to do was because I wanted to help comics I cared about get better. And throwing people in that environment in front of an audience that's ready to go and leave and walk out on you right away, or, you know, whatever, like you have to keep, you have to get their attention, keep their attention, and hold it. It's harder than a bar show. So, if It would make you, make you better. You could, I never lit anybody, so you could use it to work on jokes for longer amounts of time. You could work on crowd work. You could work on whatever you wanted because there was no time limit. Some people would do 45 minutes. like It didn't matter. And if any comic then got put in a terrible situation after that, it would be like, oh, okay, yeah, no problem. I did, I did comedy for two people in front of the mat one time.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that's so it's awesome! I think you have a lot of really great ideas. But I what I really love too is how you know I feel like there's a theme that keeps presenting itself with you. It's just you're really supportive of your fellow comics, which is really nice. And you know it is. It's just really encouraging. So you guys, everybody, like again, who knows Scott. You know, you're you're really loved in the scene. And I think that is because you do, you put that out there. I think then too, it gives you a lot more wiggle room because we want to hear about your jokes that make you uncomfortable. So where I want you right now, Scott, I would love you to share a bit that you are very uncomfortable doing. I always like to describe it, you know, what makes your butthole clench up. So, if you'd be willing to share that joke with us now, that'd be awesome.
0: If your question is, what is a joke of mine that makes my butthole clench up? Do um, you want
1: me to clarify? Is that certainly,
0: I'm certainly not going to tell you here.
1: Yeah, excuse me. That was, no, that's why we're here today. That's where the culmination of today's episode is we need to know the joke that makes your butthole clench up.
0: The joke that makes my butthole clench up is so horrible and it's reserved for the nights when the basement is just so dark and the audience...
1: Night. Just
0: so dark. And... No, it does not, My the worst joke I have, Deanna, you know the things I say on stage. I'm not shy in saying the worst things. I, I'm okay with that. But the one that makes me uncomfortable, I'm not going to put on the fucking internet for you, okay?
1: What does it deal with? At least give us the topic. I can, I can. Scott's like shortchanging us.
0: I can happily tell you once these fucking recordings stop.
1: It's, it's, can we can we substitute words? <laughs> uh,
0: the, there, there's at, at at the end of the joke, I say. <laughs> at the end of the joke, I say, uh, most people black best friend, not me. Asian best friend, and he said that joke's fine. <laughs> you want to hear a joke? He said, "Is <laughs> <was> in fine." <laughs> Uh, And then I I have the choice of leaving the audience hanging and not telling them another Asian joke, or I have a choice of doing an even worse joke that I'm describing.
1: (laughs) Wait, you'll perform these jokes on the stage?
0: No, sometimes if the audience is right, if the, if the place is right, if, if, if I'm having a good time with that crowd, and they trust me, and I don't feel like I'm gonna ruin anyone's night because they've been on board with my horrible things.
1: Okay, do you have then, give us, a, give us a, the baby softball pitch or whatever that you would know that you would throw out to test an audience before you're gonna go all in with your butthole-punching jokes.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know, I guess I would get into, uh, I would get into my midget bits, I guess, and if they go for those and they're, they're having fun. I guess one of, one of the yeah I don't
1: know yeah yeah I don't know yeah I don't know what is
0: <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like giving jokes away for free right here you know oh
1: my goodness <laughs> All right, you know what then I'm gonna edit in a joke that I'll be like this is your joke and I'll edit a really terrible joke in okay. That's what you'll be known for on this podcast. All right, well then, what about the joke that you do that you can tell that you love to do it? It's so much fun. You're like, I love this fucking joke, but I know damn well people's buttholes are going to clench. What's that joke?
0: That joke is, um, it's a little long-winded, but it's, do you want me to do the whole joke for you right now? I don't get what's going on.
1: He's uncomfortable right now, ladies and gentlemen. This is making people at home
0: vulnerable. I'm uncomfortable, one, telling my worst jokes to to stay on the internet. And two, I feel like I'm just giving away material right now. There's a couple things going. This one, the audience hates. They hate, but I think by the end of it, they respect the facts of the joke. And I, you know, I get into, there's a whole beginning part, but the end of the joke is, you know, and then I look at my wife and I go, Oh, what, honey, you don't like rape jokes. And she goes, Oh yeah, Scott, I love rape jokes. I go, Oh, okay. So you do love rape jokes? And she goes, That was a joke, Scott. <laughs> I go, I tell you, my wife tells the best rape jokes. So.
1: <laughs> and that one you feel like the audience could go either way with that, huh?
0: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And just the saying the word, but that's like the 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 repetition of it, I think unfortunately desensitized desensitizes. I'm not trying to take anything. Away actual rape victims and that kind of thing. I know it's horrible, obviously.
1: Isn't that the whole point yeah. of comedy is to, like, be able to make jokes out of the things that are the most horrible? You know, and right. I, feel, I feel like that, as comedians, that's where we leave ourselves the most vulnerable, is, like, diving into those topics that are... It's a lot of misery associated with it, but the bottom line is the misery happened, you know? So, like, where can you find the humor?
0: Right, and that that joke turns my wife into telling the the rape joke so it's just like she obviously hates it so she's playing the part of the audience who hates me saying it she hated me saying it it's just there and at the end to turn it on its head i think is is most audiences come around and they can see what i did there and they go okay and they they allow it because there's a little bit of a kick at the end so that one the audience, you know, gets a little tight, but usually they release at the end. A
1: little sphincter release. What about act outs? How do you feel about act outs?
0: I love them. I think they're super fun. I think it's fun to just release some of your a little bit of your crazy up there, you know. It's it's yeah, it's it's there's a there's a you have to you have to go for it you have to commit to it because if you're having fun they're having fun but if you're not sure of a whole act out and you start it they know they know you're not sure well affair yeah you gotta have fun with it but yeah i mean i guess for me i'm up there being fucking ridiculous anyway <laughs> what, is <it? laughs> what
1: is it dance like nobody's watching i know we're not supposed to give your jokes away so nobody knows the joke okay but I think of it in my head. I can see it because I've seen you do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that one's super fun. That, that one, like, yeah, that one, yeah. That one's... Is
1: there one more fun to do?
0: No, no, there, there's uh no, that, that one's the most fun to do, I think. But yeah, there's one, that I do like a stupid sign language one too. And I've been, I'm trying to get to the ending where I can, at the end, just like do the thank you to the audience in sign language, just like, <laughs> like after I do something horrible, just kind of, like yeah, not everyone get it, but the people language uh-uh. will get it. How
1: do you feel? Comedy's benefited your life. I
0: think it's helped my life tremendously. I think it's it's given me an escape. It's given me ambition. It's given me a drive. It's it's helped me know who I am better. It's, yeah, it's it's given me more friends it's it's uh yeah a lot, a lot of reasons. well Scott
1: we are just about gonna wrap up I want to thank you for doing this today I know you didn't want to do it at all
0: I didn't not want to do it I just didn't think I was right for it because I'm not very vulnerable up there
1: I think you are, Scott. I think you're really quite vulnerable. I just think, you know, it's a little uncomfortable to say. uh, I can see how red you got. You know, it's okay. It's good.
0: It's always red. I get sunburned walking across a parking lot.
1: (laughs) So what do you have coming up? What is the next antics? Because I feel like that is you. I feel like you were like... You're a big planner. Like everybody knows, if like Scott's doing something, you're not doing something small. So it's like something big. So what's in the works for you?
0: <laughs> I don't. I didn't. Uh, I don't know. I've been kind of trying to take it as it comes.
1: The connection. Do you feel comedy connection to people?
0: Yeah, for sure. It's it's a relatability thing, right? So yeah, if I can say something that makes you know majority of people laugh, it's there's a connection there, you know, and so they they can. I guess that's where I should be better about taking compliments after shows from, from people. But yeah, no, conversations will start. and I'll, I'll be happy to talk to people after shows and, you know, obviously connection to other comics. And
1: What about, do you accept gifts from people?
0: I mean, uh, I do all sorts of drugs, yeah.
1: <laughs> so then think about compliments as being the verbal drugs. <laughs> so you can accept them. I do really, like I said, I do really appreciate everything that you shared today. I, me, like again, I'm learning so much from having conversations with people who I really appreciate and enjoy in the comedy scene. So I, I'm so eternally grateful that you did take time to sit down and let me pick your brain. Yep. <laughs> And I think you are wonderful, and everybody does love, right? Scotty Hall is, right? Is it Jersey City sweetheart? Sorry? Uh, is it Jersey City sweetheart?
0: Are <laughs> oh, you saying what I have?
1: <laughs> no, it's <laughs> what everyone says about Scott. Everybody knows.
0: Jersey City's darling.
1: That's right. Jersey City's darling. Yes. Well, we are so happy that we had Jersey City's darling with us today on Comedians Exposed. I am so thankful that you got to share with us, Scott.
0: Thank you for having me on. This has been enlightening
1: and fun. Appreciate you. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you again.
0: All right, Dan.